Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, creating just right ADHD relationships, adding back the positives, which is an unexpected sequel to a a show that we aired um, uh, last week, just called Creating Just Right ADHD Relationships, because we didn't have enough time to cover the material. And with us back in our virtual studio is the Melissa Orlov. Before we get into the show tonight, a reminder and gratefulness that our show tonight is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, In celebration of that event, we are anxious to give away free copies, digital copies, of Attention Magazine. To get yours, all you have to do is listen to our show. We'll share a secret word a few times through the show, write it down, um, listen to another show. For that secret word, write that down. So you have two secret words. All you have to do is send me an email. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com with the two secret words, and I will get it off to Chad, and we will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and we will send another copy, a copy of the next edition that's printed. Also, uh, this is a unique year because of the COVID-19 virus. The annual international conference on ADHD, the 2020 version, which is normally was normally going to be in a Dallas or an, and normally live, is actually going to be virtual this year for the first time. It's a spectacular event. Nobody has any reason not to participate in it. It'll be chock full of great speakers. It's going to be um, – the date of it is November 5th to the 7th, I believe. Um, to learn more about that, go to chadd.org. Um, I'm, I'm, I know the um, – the, uh, the co-chairs on this um, pretty well, and I hear that they're working on some software that's going to be kind of unique and different, so there's going to be some interaction, just not um, um, watching presentations on the Internet. We still have more to go on that, but anyway, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, we have a little tip that we want to run um, that Chad's going to play, and then we will uh, get into the meat of our show. Staying focused and organized when you're working from home may be a problem for some people with ADHD. Consider managing yourself with a daily to-do list. Make sure you focus on specific actions you can take rather than vague ideas. For instance, send budget report to the boss or call Jim at 1 p.m. is likely to get done because all you have to do is read the item and you'll know what to do. For more tips and suggestions, visit chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Um, They're the ones that are lobbying on Capitol Hill and talking to different regulatory agencies so that uh, we can get accommodations for the ADHD community so that they can thrive. Um, We encourage our listeners to donate to Chad or become members and, and participate in their member benefits because a strong financial Chad is a strong voice in the ADHD community. To be a member donate, just go to chadd.org. Okay, 
So our, our show tonight, Melissa Orlov is a marriage consultant. I've had her on the show many times. I've interviewed her uh, numerous times on Attention Talk video. And uh, we were doing a, a show recently um, creating just right ADHD relationships, and we got into the interview, uh, which aired um, last week, and I realized I had more content. So this is the sequel to that. Uh, real quickly, Melissa is the author of uh, two award-winning books on the impact of ADHD on relationships, and they are The ADHD Effect on Marriage and The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD. She's considered to be one of the foremost authorities on the topic. A marriage consultant, Melissa, helps ADHD-affected couples from around the world rebalance their relationships and learn to thrive. She also teaches marriage counselors and other professionals about effective marriage therapy for couples impacted by ADHD. She blogs at Psychology Today and at ADHDmarriage.com, where she's also the host of a large uh, community of adults uh, learning about ADHD and relationships. She's been interviewed by the New York Times, U.S. News, World Report, CNN, Today, CBS, AOL, and the American Psychological Association Monitor, um, and many others. Uh, she graduated cum laude uh, from Harvard College. With that, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I am delighted to be back. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're back. I'm excited. Um, for those that uh, are not aware, we actually did an interview called Creating a Just Right ADHD Relationship. Um, and we were going through the material, and uh, we got through part of it, and I didn't realize that there was a lot more there. <laughs> so we are, this is kind of a sequel to the first one uh, that is airing. If you want to catch the first one, just go take a look at uh, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's Spreaker, Tuned In, uh, Apple Podcasts, so it's, it's being aired the, the week before. But we talked in our uh, first uh, call about basically you, you work a lot with uh, you know helping people eliminate the negatives, and you realize that some of, sometimes they're still stuck, and she started t- talking about, you know, what do you need to kind of bring back in the relationship? And last time we talked about um, respect and being adored and equal partnership. Um, and at the end of it, you kind of talked about there's things that we need to bring back into the relationship that's got me really, really curious. Can, uh, can you tell us about like, the things that you need to be back in the relationship? And let's kind of talk about some of the key ones that we have to focus on. Well, so the starting premise of the sort of the just right relationship is that both partners want the same things uh, at at the heart of it. You know, they want to be heard. They want to be uh, with somebody who respects them and is affectionate towards them and et cetera. Um, And so you're actually on the same team. uh, And that's an important realization when you are trying to then add things, both eliminate the negatives, but also add back the positives. And and so there are a number of different ways to add back the positives. from a very basic standpoint, uh, part of the challenge is, because you've been struggling for a while, just remember how much you like the other person, um, how much fun it is to be with them, what kind of joy uh, you you uh, experience when you're with them, et cetera. And there's a lot of uh, uh, marriage research on the idea of um, you know how what keeps relationships connected or, or strong, or you know how do you reconnect. Um, et cetera. So I always start with some of that. Hmm. Interesting. So you, you got me thinking sometimes I'll deal with somebody who has ADHD that wants some coaching and relationships will come into it if they are really need a couple's work and definitely send them to you. But it's fascinating to me because one of my favorite questions to somebody I'm working with is what is it about you that you're 
um, significant others attracted to. And what's interesting is invariably what is it's almost like it was the spontaneity, the creativity. A lot of times I hear the ADHD uh, characteristics kind of come out, but then realize that later in the relationship, the more business side comes in, and it's almost kind of like that piece is there. Have you noticed that, or is that just, just me? Is that sometimes the people, some of the ADHD characteristics are why somebody attracts or, or, attract, or attracted to each other? Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, that energy between the sort of the little sort of uh, friction, and I mean that in a positive way, between somebody who's uh, more organized and somebody who's less um, is very helpful. I mean, when I met my husband, as an example, um, I loved the fact that um, uh, that he was very spontaneous and he had lots of energy and he had lots of ideas and you know two weeks after we met he was buying me a plane ticket to go on a trip with him because he really wanted to introduce me to his friends you know there was a lot of uh sort of spontaneity and fun and it felt great and and he really liked the fact that i had my act together (laughs) you know so (laughs) we we were a good you know we were a good pair uh and we still Mm -hmm. are we still use those strengths ned hallowell calls those uh, mirror traits um, that, uh, you know, distractibility, uh, which it can be seen in the negative, um, is uh, the mirror trait of curiosity, as an example. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, so there's there are a lot of positives that uh, when you first met, that's how you thought of them, like, wow, isn't this exciting? And then particularly after you have kids, but um, when things become more serious and you have to get from point A to point B in a somewhat straight line, it becomes uh, uh, more of a negative. Mm. So, I, I was I, the best thing I like about being the host of Attention Talk Radio is I get to ask the questions and I always get to learn. And so, and this is fascinating to me. So, I, I, I hear that happen a lot of times, but also with a person with ADHD, it's kind of funny because it's sometimes I think they're attracted to somebody who can get them there on time or put together. And last show, you talk a lot about the, the parent-child relationship is that sometimes they actually kind of like a little bit of that structure, even though they're kind of fighting it off a little bit later. And I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, but I think the trick here is to remember those types of things out of the moment and take a look at the bigger picture. Is that, is that accurate? And is, does, um, I'm not so sure yeah. that's easy to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I think so. So the the parent-child dynamic that you're talking about, which is this uh, non-ADHD partner sort of learning to over-function so that there's uh, less chaos in the relationship, and the ADHD partner sort of uh, under-functioning and, and not following through and et cetera because of the symptoms, um, you know, that really does need to be addressed because it's an it's not an equal partnership. And we talked last time about the importance of an equal um, equal status or equal partnership in the relationship, um, but uh, but there you know there are ways still to go back to seeing those other sides, the the more positive side of you know I, I watch my um, daughter who uh, is what I call, she's an explorer is what I is what I call her um, and she's been an explorer her entire life and it definitely has to do with sort of how she sees the world and inhabits the world. And uh, she happens to be uh, dating a man who says, it's really great to go out with her on a walk because it's never boring. There's always something she's <laughs> noticing that we get to walk. You know, If you have that kind of attitude, that's super. If you're yeah. upset because you don't get someplace on time, not so much fun. You know? And so really it's a matter of where your priorities are. And, and that's part of actually um, learning how to heal 
the relationship, which is deciding actually what your priorities are. So uh, if uh, for a lot of non-ADHD partners, if you worry about um, complete consistency, uh, timeliness, uh, being always being on time, et cetera, uh, there will you will feel uh, disappointment because sometimes that ADHD partner won't uh, won't fulfill those things. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. looking at the emotional sides of things, um, if you've if you've calmed your relationship down, so you're not in that deep anger and resentment uh, uh, side of things. If you're out of the parent-child relationship and you can go back and explore the things that you think are really great about your partner. Um, then uh, then there's a lot of, of really good uh, um, positives to be said. But you, but you do have to look at the, the things that are most important. And, and I decided a fairly a while, I mean, it took me a while to get here, uh, but I decided that the things that are most important to me are the emotional connections, and I'm a lot less interested in the stuff, um, you know, <laughs> how the dishwasher is packed, when it's packed, uh, whether or not things are perfectly clean all the time, uh, and and our house is perfectly clean. I mean, it's it's clean, but it's not perfect. Or as my daughter mm-hmm. says, it looks lived in, mom. You know, and that's a good thing yep. Yep. in our household, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So you look for those positives. Yeah. So um, remembering how much you like them, that sounds like it takes a little bit of effort at that stage in a relationship. Um, is there anything that you talk about or help them do to try to kind of help them focus on it? Because it's easy to say, I'm not so, because I, th- I think you'd have to be conscious with it. So do you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you have to be, I call it the uh, building an intentional relationship, um, which is what you need to do whether or not ADHD is in the relationship. If you want to keep a long-term, happy, and healthy relationship, you do have to think about that relationship in an intentional mm-hmm. way. Um, there is some research that uh, Arthur Aaron had done quite a while ago now where he was looking at what connects people and and um, helps rebuild connections. And one of the things that um, he has come up with in his research is that things that are new and challenging. So if you think about the things that are easier, a lot of people say, oh, we really like to travel together or whatever. Well, there's some reasons. A, it's new. B, it's challenging. C, uh, you're a lot more equal when you're traveling Mm -hmm. because neither one of you has done it before. There are no established routines. Um, And uh, and it's it's, uh, interesting. It hits the reward circuits. Um, you can do that even in your own life. I mean, at the moment, it's a little harder with the uh, pandemic stuff. But uh, I say, why don't you do, you know, learn how to rollerblade or or do um, ballroom dancing lessons if you've never done that. Yep. Or, you know, lots of times, yep. these are physical things. Um, but that's one way to remember. I mean, specifically, hey, you know, this is fun. We can really have yep. fun together. My husband Absolutely. and I do uh, bike travel. We go all over the uh, all over the country with our bikes and do long trips uh, as our vacations. And uh, and that's wonderful because you're exploring something that's completely new and different. Um, there's a physical activity element to it, which is exercise as a mood stabilizer for both of yep. us. And, you know, it's t- we sleep well. And it, I mean, there are all sorts of good reasons to do those kinds of things. So that's Absolutely. one element is um, new and challenging things. 
Another but, is um, actually, actually, I tell yeah, you what, go ahead. We need to take a break here, just just for time to to go okay. to a break, um, and we'll come back to that. Everyone, our secret word tonight is back, like coming back or you're back, B-A-C-K. And um, please go check out Melissa's uh, website. It's ADHDmarriage.com. She's got a lot of great information, blogs, all kinds of resources. Again, that's ADHDmarriage.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back here, everyone. We're with Melissa Orlov talking about what to add back into a relationship uh, when you're creating that just right relationship before the break, we were talking about uh, really kind of remembering what you, how much you, you like somebody and, uh, and finding things to do that are new and exciting to kind of bring you together. Uh, before the break, you were just about ready to um, share another um, area. So uh, you jump right back in. I'm imagining you were thinking launching into another thing, <laughs> so, which is what I do. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the second area is really about adding warmth um, to the relationship, and there are a number of different ways to do this. I actually, I don't, I don't know if you know, I send out these weekly marriage tips to people if they sign up for them, they're free, but I, uh, every week I, I send out sort of a a short blurb about something I'm thinking about in relationships, and I'm about to send some out that have to do with resentment and positive emotions and et cetera. And um, it's really interesting, but the positive emotions are, are critical, the expression of those emotions. It's one thing to eliminate the negatives. It's another to add the positives. So, um, one small trick uh, that I suggest people do is when they are uh, when they're thinking about you know how do I respond to X Y Z thing you might be feeling a little disappointed or annoyed or whatever 
and I suggest that you ask yourself the question, how could I be kind? Uh, and and answer respond in whatever the answer to that is. Um, you know, we all we should start with that assumption that our partners have good intent, particularly uh-huh. after the anger and and um, uh, emotionality of the relationship has been tamed. Mm-hmm. But asking this question about how could I be kind or how could I say something is um, is really important. Um, Lydia Zalowski, who does a lot of work with mindfulness and has that book about mindfulness and ADHD, uh, says um, uh, positive emotions are a life raft in a sea of uncertainty and heartache, and accessing moments of good can not only help us, it can help those we care for and interact with. Um, so looking for the good things, um, being kind. Um, and and I also um, encourage partners to interact regularly around their emotional side. And I don't mean having a long, you know, stick stick an ice pick in your eye if you can't deal with emotions uh, kind of a conversation. I'm talking about a brief interaction that helps you get to know each other better again. Uh, I started, uh, I worked with a couple who really needed to um, have the partner who had ADHD be able to process some anxiety that he was feeling inside him, and and if he and he didn't tend to talk about it, but it would build up and then suddenly explode out, and so we created this uh, once a day check in, where at the end of the day, um, each partner finishes the sentence, um, the most important thing you need to know about me today is, and then they fill they finish with whatever that is, and for him sometimes it was I'm feeling really anxious about X. Sometimes it was, I'm really proud of myself because I did why. Um, sometimes it's, I'm really feeling positive towards you and I really want to give you a hug. I mean, it can be all sorts of things. But there, but you rebuild those connections, the emotional connections, in, um, in small ways, um, really, that accumulate rather quickly. I mean, that, that couple does that every day religiously because it has so transformed um, their relationship yeah, and their ability. I love I I I, lo- I I think that's spectacular on a number of different levels. One, we I did an interview with uh, Lydia Zalowski years ago, and it was fascinating because we talked about the shift of attention and the shift of attitude, and like the practice of gratefulness is something that you do because as problems abound. If you have a problem, you got to deal with it. like I got a flat tire, I got to fix it because I can't go in there. But if something good happens, we have a tendency to kind of kick it off, and you have to sit down and kind of be grateful and shift it. And this. And as you're talking about, some of this is intentional. And to sit down, the most important thing you need to know about me is this. I love that because the person who's making that statement is actually able to communicate to the other person and not that person kind of guess about it. So I think that's wonderful. Um, Maybe difficult for some people. It's a small thing. You know, it takes five minutes, right, a day, maybe a little bit more if you you really want to get into it. But that's good news if you really get into it because this is a positive thing. Right, I mean, it, it, your your things will not fester, et cetera, et cetera, um, yep. and that's one of the issues is sort of choosing how to work through any lingering resentment or anger or problems or annoyances uh, that you're feeling, um, and uh, and so the way that I talk about that is to is to try to te- teach people co- what I call conflict intimacy skills. Um, that comes out of a, a – no, I didn't develop that one. That comes out of a group called the Research uh, – the Relationship Institute, 
Um, and I okay. don't think, did we talk about conflict intimacy skills in the other interview? I don't think we did, did we? We didn't. We have in another interview because I'm familiar with it, but uh, just, okay. just brief us on that real quick. Yeah, well, and you, maybe you can link to that interview. But, um, yep. yeah, so the the basic concept is creating a safe environment to talk about difficult and emotional topics. Uh, and so you learn a skill set where you have non-aggressive speaking and non-defensive listening. And there are things that go along with that. For example, if you're starting to feel defensive, your partner probably doesn't know that because that's inside you. So you have to create a way to communicate that to your partner, and, and, and it's good to communicate that to your partner. Hold on, I'm starting to feel defensive here. I need to take a break to calm myself you know, back down. If you're starting to speak aggressively, you might not realize it, but your partner will because it will hit them harder. Um, and so you need to create a way to say, hey, hold on, you know, the tone of your mm-hmm. tone of voice is starting to get at me. But this, it, it, but being able to create this uh, safe space to be able to say anything and be heard, and it isn't about making an agreement or doing the negotiations right then. It's just so that your partner, you can you can be heard in the relationship, mm-hmm. um, is one of the fastest ways actually to get to uh, a more affectionate and connected place in your relationship. Wow, that's interesting. Um, let me just look at time. I tell you what. Let's let's just so we have a, a nice break here. Let's go to break and we'll come back. Um, I'm kind of curious uh, where intimacy falls in this because it seems to me that that falls out of the relationship early on and needs to come back at some time, but might be kind of difficult. Is that is that part of our list? Oh yeah. All right. Let's kind of touch base on that. Everybody, our secret word tonight is back. Again, our secret word is back, and Melissa's website is ADHDmarriage.com. Again, ADHDmarriage.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. We're back having a... 
spectacular conversation with one of my favorites, uh, Melissa Orlov, on uh, relationships and that just right relationship and talking about some of the things we need to add back in. Uh, before the break, I was kind of alluding to my, 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 my sense is adding intimacy back into the relationship is a big deal. And I have to say, I never really thought about it, but it seems to me like that might actually be probably one of the, one of the, one of the better ones, but also probably one of the more challenging ones. Is that, is that accurate or just talk to us about it? Yeah, I think um, it's probably one of the last ones for most couples um, who've been struggling with it. I mean, uh, sadly, many couples that I talk to about this particular topic will tell me they haven't had sex in a year, two years, three years, uh, a very long time. And and the longer it has been, the bigger uh, a risk it feels to return to that um, sexual intimacy, so mm-hmm. uh, so it becomes uh, really important to to get some of the problems out of the way, and, and or some of the barriers, I should say, out of the way. Um, the conflict intimacy uh, conversations that I was just talking about actually are one of the building blocks of being able to return to a healthier sexual relationship because it creates a safety in the relationship, mm-hmm. which is really a big deal. Um, also moving away from parent-child, and nobody wants to have sex with a parent or a childlike figure, yep. so yep. you have to get rid of that. Um, and then some of these things I was talking about, adding warmth, how can I be kind, uh, moving away from resentment, um, and um, assuming good intent, all of those things um, will help. It changes the context uh, of the relationship, the sort of environment of the relationship. But there's often still a great deal of fear uh, in the in it uh, in that return. And unfortunately, there's also a little bit of a conflicting view of when it's appropriate to return. That is gender based. Um, women are more likely to say the relationship has to be completely fixed before I'm going to feel uh, connected enough to want to risk having sex. Um, mm-hmm. Men, for physiological reasons, are more more likely, not always, but are more likely to say, hey, so the act of having sex actually is part of connecting. Um, yeah. And so there's a little bit of a conflict that goes on there. Um, I try, uh, when I'm helping partners uh, work through this, I try to get the relationship as calm and as safe as possible. And at some point, uh, try to uh, help them think about reengaging with sex starting first of all starting slowly so being able to open up with each other is a connector so that's part of why the conflict intimacy skills help and things mm-hmm. like you know taking a walk and holding hands and talking with each other it tends to be a very good way um actually for couples to talk with each other and that reminds me if I think of it I'll give you one more idea on connecting mm-hmm. um okay. But the uh, um, at some point, they need to say, okay, it feels like a really big thing, but we're going to try to do this in a way that is um, an ex- almost like an experiment. Like, we're just going to dip our toe in the water here <laughs> and okay. see what uh-huh. happens. So I'm not committing to have sex with you forever, uh, but I, I am willing to try to open up vulnerably and um and I'm going to also try to manage my expectations around what that experience is going to be like. Um the reentry into a sexual relationship can be um can be a little bit rocky because of the expectations. Mm-hmm. Um and and so, you know, getting the fears out on the table, being able to talk about those things and also just being able to say, look, we'll we'll see what happens. 
And um, if we're not quite ready yet, then that will be okay, but we're on our way. Um, and uh, and try to make it as, as neutral and unladen with expectation as possible. Yeah. Um, I, that's been my... I, uh, my approach helping people. It's interesting because I'm, I'm my eyes closed and thinking that you got a couple that feel like they've been through hell and back, and they, they made it far enough where they're making some progress and they're coming together, and now they're 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 entering this space. Clearly, they're putting a lot of effort into it, and, but this is still a really big hurdle. And I'm starting to really, I think, appreciate it a little bit more than than I thought because this this is a difficult. My gut is this is really one of the harder, more difficult. But if they can cross this line into that, it can really, um, really, really help a lot. Like just yeah. like if you can get when you get through to this thing, it's like okay, wow, we we've done this. You're not done yet. You, you have to keep working on it, but it's kind of a symbol. Is that that, is that accurate? Well, it is, and that's why it's so fraught because it uh-huh. is symbolic, and they fear failure. Um, they fear that something will happen. And there are things that come out of the context of the relationship. For example, I had a man tell me one time, one of the reasons I, you know, I really want sex, but I don't think I really want sex right now because I fear that my wife, who has been parenting me for so long, is going to be telling me what to do and parenting me when we're having sex. And if she does that, it's going to be horrible. And mm-hmm. and you'll have people, you know, a lot of people who are fearing rejection. You know, they if they have sex and they're feeling very emotional about it and their partner falls asleep yep. or gets up out of bed and walks off or something, they'll be so crushed by that that they don't think that they'll be able to recover. So, um, so that's one of the reasons why I try to say, Think of this as sort of dipping your toe in the water as an experiment and seeing if you can have some fun. It goes back to this idea of learning that you enjoy each other again. Um, and um, and try not to laden the whole thing with as, with uh, a lot of extra burden. <laughs> um, yep. And, and we, you know, it's uh, it can work. Uh, but if people are really still struggling, then I will send them to a counselor who specializes in working on issues around, you know, around sexual issues. Yep. So, um, you know, if they if this yep. doesn't work for them. Wow. So. I'm looking at the clock. It's, time is flying. Um, need to start kind of moving this together. But you said you, you had another area of connection that was worth sharing. Yeah, and now I've forgotten what it was because I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just my ADHD again. partner who does that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's good to remember. <laughs> you, know, you know, getting old as hell, i got to tell you that. Cause it, <laughs> being my age, it's like I, I think I grew into ADD just, just from the age and working memory deterioration over a period of time. So, but one, one of the, What I'm hearing uh, from this is really adding a lot back of the, the actually trying to effortly pausing and looking at your partner and going back and go, oh, yeah, this is what I like and uh, – this is why we're together and 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 treating them with warm and kindness and really getting out of the conflict and really kind of focusing on what's going right or what they're really attracted to as a means to kind of not just pay attention to it, but bring that back into the relationship to not just to get past that stuck after you've taken care of the negatives. Is, is that is that an accurate theme or is there anything else to add to that? Yeah, no, it is. And I think there's it's a very to your point earlier, it's a very conscious decision. Because you have to decide, uh, so you fix enough of the stuff, though, so that there's more reliability in the relationship, um, less wariness, less concern about, you know, there's there's no parent-child, the ADHD is well-managed. 
But the mm-hmm. reality is that you have to consciously decide between resentment and anger and healing. You can't do both. You can only mm-hmm. do one or the other because physiologically they go to they they trigger different parts of your brain and your body and and sort of they, yep. you know the resentment really hijacks you. So you have to pick yep. uh, the positives uh, and the healing. Uh-huh. And then overtly pursue it, and and be really, you know, really go after it. Don't give up. Yep. So, I'm interested in your thoughts on this because when I'm not working with couples, but people that I'm dealing with things, I I talk about um, sports. Uh, being an athlete, um, most of my life, uh, you'd always go practice a skill, and it would take you time to develop the skill. Uh, you have plateaus, you have some ups and downs, and some peaks, but uh, you would actually practice over a long time to kind of get better at it. And more and more, I start talking to people about when you're doing, whether it's mindfulness or meditation or gratitude journal, um, you do it over a period of time in order to develop the skills. So like for me, years ago, I had a personal experience where I actually sat down and just said, okay, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for this, and da, 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 which I was really trying to stop and pause and be in the moment. And I have to tell you, at first, I was saying the words. I wanted to mean it, but I really didn't mean it. But odd, over, I don't know, two-year period of time, all of a sudden I have a twinge. Like, wow, I, I really did mean that. And as time has gone on, it's not perfect, but I really do feel like I've changed my attitude over a period of time. And one of the things that I like about what you're what you're talking about here is you have to be intentional to this. It does take a little bit of practice. And that one, I love that thing, the, the most important thing that you need to know about me today is this, as a daily practice to say this is this is what's there, this is what's kind of connected, because I think that my sense is is this does take some time for couples to rewrite the narrative in their mind and to kind of actually focus on the positive. Now, I've said all that. Is, is there any sense to that, or is there anything that, that, that I'm off on? No, absolutely it does. And it also takes a long time to genuine, genuinely internalize that while the um, – ADHD partner may do things in a way that feel inconvenient for the non-ADHD partner, they still have a right to do them that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, seriously, I mean, and we don't think of it that way. We think, well, you should do it the quote-unquote best way. But but people uh, who have uh, don't have ADHD define best differently often than people who do have ADHD. Um, and And, you know, I don't get to say how my husband does stuff. And it takes a really long time to internalize it, but at the point at which you do internalize it, you're much more likely to be able to um, um, relax into the relationship a bit, not feel so – I mean, it's much easier uh, to let go of something if you look at it and go, wow, that's annoying. Okay, fine, it's annoying. I'm going to go off and do something else versus, oh, this is is just another indicator that we're not – we're not yep. well matched or my partner will never do it yep. right or whatever. Yep. So yeah, all of this stuff takes intentionality and practice. Um, but it all can be learned. Yep. It can be. Um, and the one thing that I've learned over the years is when you're in a relationship with somebody, um, to me is you have your life and it's, it's okay, but family and relationships can make it significantly more. I, uh, I look at my, my two kids, uh, when I was younger, 
um, I'm not with the one was out running around. I want to have kids, but it kind of came to me and my, my life has been so much richer as a result of having them in my life and having somebody else in your life is a big deal, but it takes work. And the cool thing is that you develop a history together, um, that you begin to share and like other people understand it. And so I think there's a really a lot of value in relationships, but they do take a lot of work. And, um, I like, I like, I'm grateful you came on the show so we could talk about couples that because they they are hard. But when you get there, you focus on some of the, you know working with each other, but you also have to bring this positive back in in order to to kind of get there. So with that, any last little insights before we call it a day? Uh, just that I really hope couples want to take this on. Um, you know, it's important to know uh, that you like your partner because why invest all that energy if you don't? But uh, but it is uh, there's so much that couples can do. So yep. I'm I'm really uh, grateful to be able to talk about it and help people help, uh, start thinking about it. And I really want to read everybody out there, go check out Melissa's website, adhdmarriage.com. I've known Melissa for, God, I think 10 years now. And I've, really, I've, learned a ton, I've learned a ton from her in this process. And I've learned a ton about myself and listening to her. So I encourage everybody to go check out her resources. Our secret word today, again, is back. And with that, Melissa, thanks so much for coming on the show. Okay, I think I came back. <laughs> All right, everybody. If, you, if you're just checking out this episode, go back to catch last week's for the first episode. If you catch the first episode of this one, we hope you learned something from it. Have a great week. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Bye.